Hey gang, what's up? Another episode of Between You and Me today, and I'm tired. I had a long weekend. But nevertheless, I'm here to bring you the content. So this is part two of answering listener questions. First question is from Lauren, and she asked me what my thoughts were on plastic surgery, lip filler, etc. That's a good question. I like that question. Um, That's, to be quite honest, something I've never really given a lot of thought to. I think maybe because that doesn't feel like something accessible to me personally. It's not something I've given a lot of thought. But to any of you listening or just in general, if that's something you feel you're able to do, like financially comfortable with and physically comfortable with, I don't see why not. But I will say I've noticed this very big uptick in the reversal of plastic surgery or surgical modifications, especially in like the ultra rich population. Like, for example, the Kardashians or something like Kim K was so known for her backside. But now we see pictures of her like, majorly slimmed, and same with Kylie, like, without implants, um, or on Ozempic, which is a whole different ballpark, which I have no qualifications to speak on, but I would just say, whatever you're doing to modify your body, make sure you feel that it's timeless, because even if we're going through these, like, upswings and downswings of trendiness, so to speak, were the normal person does not have the monetary funds that Kim K does or Kylie does. So we can't just swing back and forth and back and forth with these like altering modifications because we don't have the same access to the top plastic surgeon in LA or an unabound pool of wealth. And maybe you do, but regardless, I just would say do something you feel like won't go stale and something you'd be comfortable with seeing in the mirror 40 years from now. On the less drastic side, I've seen, at least in like the wellness demographic on TikTok and Instagram, a lot of procedures that only last two to five months, like lip flips which I think people get in their top lip just to make them look a little bit bigger and more even, but they're not like full-on lip fillers. And then like little bits of preemptive Botox, like in the forehead or the smile lines, or like there's something where you do under your jaw just to like dissolve some of the fat. I think these procedures are pretty harmless if done by a trusted professional since they can be dissolved or they wear off in years or months, however long. But I personally just haven't even thought about these things because I know that maybe I would do one thing and I'd be like, oh, I want to do the next thing. Maybe I get a little Botox and then I'll want to get filler. And then the next thing you know, I look like a circus animal. I think overall, if you're aware of these potentials, you feel financially secure, you feel confident in your decisions, and you're in the safe, trusted hands of a professional whom you have a solid rapport with and you trust 
to not botch you, then I think absolutely power to you. Do whatever you want in this life to make you happy and feel good and feel confident. And don't let a friend who punches down on you, a man or any form of person who's not going to let you pursue what you want to pursue, talk down to you because that's not fair. So do what you want to do. But really quickly, before I move on to the next question, I just want to touch on this idea of aging. And I think aging is in right now. Like people are aging gracefully and naturally and they're okay with it and not hiding it. And I think that's hot. And I am a proponent of that and I support that just as much as I support maybe getting these anti-aging or perfecting surgeries. So just know that too. It is all in the eye of the beholder. Next question from my boss. She asked me what my thoughts on religion and spirituality are. I've kind of touched on these topics in prior episodes, but a quick recap. Personally, I lean a lot more towards the spiritual side than religious side. My dad is Catholic and my mom is Quaker, but I never really had a strong influence from either of those, what's the word, denominations. I was never really forced to go to church, to believe in anything. The one thing I grew up with was my mom saying in the Quaker belief, Everyone has a little bit of light inside of them, and you can interpret that however you'd like. So I really like this Quaker belief that every person has a little bit of light inside of them. Um, And the Quakers follow something called spices, which is simplicity, peace, integrity, community, equality, and stewardship. And I would say I'm agnostic because I don't really subscribe to any certain beliefs, but... I really like these Quaker beliefs, these six, like, pillars of Quakerism. I like how they call their church meeting, and they they call it, like, friends. Like, they're all friends. I think that's so, like, cute. And I feel like that's kind of what guided me into my spirituality was just my mom's little bit of influence of Quakerism because it just didn't feel overbearing. Like, there wasn't any of this, like, God-fearing rhetoric And what I mean by friends is that it's known as, like, this religious society of friends. I wasn't trying to, like, and I know I said it was cute, but, like, it it feels nice. I'm not trying to diminish an entire religion. You know what I mean? But I think those little influences kind of helped me in my spirituality. I'm very much a believer in the universe, divine timing, um, some of the hippy-dippy stuff, as people would say. But I feel like the little snippets of Quakerism I was given as a child, by choice, never by force, helped me fold into my spirituality, if that makes sense. Something I commend my parents for so much and respect them for so deeply is this. There was never a force to go to church. There was never a force to make a bond with a higher power or a god. And I was able to come to my own decisions by myself, which I'm so grateful for now. I remember, this is kind of funny, my, I went to this church by myself. My parents didn't go. Probably from like sixth grade to ninth grade, even like maybe fifth grade, um, in my town. And it's, I think it's a Christian church. And I like, 
I was a camp counselor there. I would go every Sunday. I was getting really into it. And I think it was just because I was so anxious and, like, wasn't sure what God was and if it was real, he was real, she was real, whatever. And I, like, needed to find something. So I started going. And then the older I got, I was like, this feels really culty. There's only white people in here who live in a certain area code. And I don't feel like this is an all-encompassing God that they're preaching to me. But my mom never said anything. She was like, did you have fun at church today? Did you have fun at camp today? And I went to that church until I woke up one day and was like, whoa, this is not my truth. But I met some amazing people there, like some really awesome people from camp and from small group and what have you. And I'm not dissing the Christian church. You know me. But I just respect my mom so much for not ever forcing any certain belief upon me and just sharing a little bit of her thoughts on like Quakerism and such. Um, especially when I was having these like moments of tremendous anxiety because I just didn't know what would happen after I died and I wanted to believe in something so deeply so I like it, I just wouldn't have to think about the whole world going black. Like I wanted there to be a heaven. I wanted there to be a God. And whenever I was having those moments of like panic she would just say I believe there's a little bit of light in every one of us and everything's gonna be okay and you are safe and you are loved and once you pass you'll be taken care of by whatever power thing spirit is up there and that was really comforting and I also commend my dad for never forcing anything upon me either because he grew up in a very very poor area of Scotland um, not very well educated, um, went to a Catholic school where the nuns would like wrap his wrists with rulers. Like it was like that type of thing. And even though Catholicism was so deeply ingrained in him as like a little altar boy growing up, he never kind of bestowed any of that upon me. And again, let me come to my own conclusions, which is awesome. So Right now, I would say I'm agnostic. I'm still actively exploring things, um, definitely exploring spirituality. My favorite book is The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho, if you've ever heard of it. And a big plot point is talking about the spiritual unity represented by something called the soul of the world, which binds together all of nature and human beings and everything. And I feel like that's my religion like that book feels it felt like a huge pinpoint for me in my life with spirituality and though I'm still kind of figuring it all out I feel like I lie very much on the spiritual spectrum pulling from some religious aspects but don't practice any sort of religion I'm giving really long answers today I'm feeling chatty I'm sorry but my next question is from my lovely friend Eliana and she said if I could travel anywhere in the world, where would I go and why? I have been very lucky to be a very well-traveled person growing up. As I mentioned before, my dad's from Scotland, and he lives in the UK, so he's living in London now and works in Japan. So he's very Mr. Worldwide, and because of that, um, you know, a lot of my family's overseas. A lot of the things I do 
tend to be overseas. And it is a blessing and a curse just because it's really tough when your dad is living 3,000 miles away from you. Um, But I'm so grateful to even have a father in my life at all. So I'm not complaining by any means. Um, But it does present some challenges that don't happen in the usual family household, I would say. It is a very different and unusual dichotomy between me and my mother who live here and then my dad who lives in the UK with my now stepmother. But ultimately, I love it. Some of my favorite people in the world live in the UK. Um, So kind of back to the question about traveling and where I would go. My previous answer would have been Santorini, but I was lucky enough to go there with my dad this past summer and my best friend. And, like, there's no way I can even put words to how beautiful that place is. I'm just in love, and I can't wait to go back someday. But I would say my present answer would be Bali in Indonesia. I feel I could definitely travel through Southeast Asia for a while and really find myself staying in Thailand and Bali for a long time. I also think the cost of living there is so much cheaper And naturally, I'm saying this from an uneducated tourist point of view. So please don't take anything I say as truth. If you want any real knowledge, go to natives and follow native resources. But I'm just saying, I feel like what I've heard from some of my cousins that have gone there, they've loved it. There's some that are there right now. Actually, they've been traveling through Southeast Asia since Halloween, I think. So a long time and they've been loving it. So my answer is Bali. Ultimately, in the grand scheme of things, I'd love to see every place on earth before I die. Um, I'm such, my soul is just like tethered to traveling. Ugh, that sounds so cringy saying, but like, you know what I'm saying? I love the world. I want to soak up every ounce of it that I can and meet so many different people from different cultures and walks of life and really just learn and experience and enjoy. And my last question for today comes from the wonderful Vic, and she said, what are your favorite self-care rituals? I feel like I'm in the era of perfecting my self-care, which feels so nice to say, because I have gone through it with trying to figure out what I like and what my body and mind needs, and I was adhering to like the self-care rituals and schedules of people on TikTok. And people I don't know and people who are literally not in my life and trying to be someone I wasn't. But my perfect day now would start with waking up maybe at like 7 or 7.30 naturally with sunlight. I know that's not always available, but my hatch alarm clock has a built-in like sunrise alarm instead of waking you up with the atrocious iPhone alarm, which helps with my circadian rhythm and all that. And my cortisol not spiking in the morning. So I wake up then. I make my bed immediately. I go into the kitchen where there's a lot of sunlight in the morning. I make a matcha. A lavender iced matcha. Swear to God, matcha has changed my life. I am so much less anxious because I'm not downing coffee anymore. Um, Matcha does have caffeine, but not as much. And it's just such like a manageable, manageable level. So I make a big, fat iced matcha with lavender in it. And then I make maybe a smoothie, like a green smoothie with banana in it, chia seeds, spirulina, 
flax seeds, almond milk, then a bagel with cream cheese, everything bagel with cream cheese from Pigeon, if that's available to me, or I'll make a big old breakfast burrito, maybe a big thing of fruit or an acai bowl, just something that I know is going to make me feel good and energized for the day. Then ideally, I'm not looking at my phone for a while because that's just going to stress me out. So I only look to see if there's a text from my mom or my significant other or my dad, and then I just don't touch it. I would then read some of my books. So right now I'm reading Tuesdays with Mari. I absolutely love the author of that book. Then I'm going to wash my face with Tatcha and put on a thick layer of Elemis. Then ideally, it's warm out and I'm going for a long walk. Right now, I've been loving walking to Shadyside because I just go through so many beautiful neighborhoods with these gorgeous houses. And then, like, the main street in Shadyside is just so cute. Maybe I pop in and get another matcha. Who knows? Then I walk home. Then I'll I'll obviously look at my phone before then a little bit, but maybe I sit down at my laptop, answer emails, get some homework done, go to class, go about my day, spend time with friends. That's a big one call my mom, call my dad, call my grandma, call whoever I need to call. Then at the end of the night, I'm putting my phone away. I'm not touching it for a little bit. It's on do not disturb. Don't text me, don't reach me. I'm putting on my hatch alarm clock. That's a noisemaker as well on the wind down setting. I've done that everything shower, washed my face. I have new sheets. My room is clean. I have a little aromatherapy or a candle on. I've had a really good dinner. And I just get tucked in, situated, snug as a bug, read my book, and get to sleep by, like, a decent hour. And to me, that is self-care because perfecting a solid routine that makes you feel good every day is so pivotal and paramount to what you need as a person. Ideally, my routine would to be in a much warmer climate and wake up by jumping in the ocean, but you can't always get what you want. So that's pretty much all the questions I have for today. Some other ones were repetitive of what I had discussed in last week's episode and this week's episode. So I left them out, but you get the gist. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate it. These questions have been awesome, been very explorative for me, and I hope for you too. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye.